0: Good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of My Backstage Pass. My name is Lee Zimmerman, and I'm here with my co-host, Billy Hubbard. And today, we have the great pleasure of speaking to, shall I say, the legendary Pam Phillips. Hi, Pam. How are you?
1: Hi. How are you doing?
0: Well, we're doing fine. Um you know, I think legendary is an apt um reference for you considering your uh, many accomplishments in the music yeah. business and
1: it gives, me a little, it gives me a little chuckle, but 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 uh, you know, you made it sound nice and, and yeah, I've been around the- <laughs> I think legendary means when you've uh, you know, outlived several recording formats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I started okay. out on
1: vinyl. And now I'm, I went to uh, went to cassettes, and then a brief time on MP3s or whatever those were, and then CDs, and now we're back to vinyl. So there you go. So. Uh,
0: but did you uh, ever did you ever do eight tracks?
1: No, no, I I didn't. <laughs> you you avoided of, the eight <laughs> tracks. I, I just right. didn't. I wasn't up and running yet.
0: All right. Well, we're going to still refer to you as legendary, despite the fact there are no 8-tracks in your past. It's okay. <laughs> we'll forgive you for that. Thank you. Your, your new album or your latest album, I guess it's been out a couple of months, but your your um, latest album, Looking for a Feeling, is um, it's just fantastic. Um, and, you know, you've done a number, a number of albums over the course of your career. But if you don't mind, can you talk a little bit about this particular album and kind of how it was conceived and what the inspiration might have been for it?
1: Um I guess maybe in some ways I went a little bit rogue on this one. I don't know. There's just a it's a real grab bag of styles. But the main inspiration I kind of did it before I realized that you know how an idea will be floating around out there and people sort of all seem to be kind of it's the zeitgeist anyway there was a whole bunch there was an um a moment in time that i think 70s influence you know was a lot of people were making music that was inspired by that a lot of millennials and, and and indie artists and everything but for me that was my informative years, you know, those really were my, that really was an important time for me in in, uh, in my musical development as an artist, um, and Nashville in the 70s, late 70s was an amazing place to be, uh, all kinds of people were here, and all kinds of people came here uh, to record, and you know, we had the Local boys that actually uh a couple of them uh even went to my high school for a little while and they uh, uh the almond brothers you know and and um and then you had people like Neil Young coming to town to record anyway um yeah guy Clark Rodney Crowell, you know it was just this incredible I think one of my favorite quotes, and I think uh Marshall Chapman said you know Nashville in the uh, late forties was like Paris in the third, you know in the 30s, just an incredible uh, time. Um, the Exit Inn was a, a, a national, uh, nationally known venue. It's very sad. It just closed this week. I can't believe it. Uh, oh, anyway, so this album was really inspired by that era. And, you know, with my music, it might not be overt, you know, but it's in there. And uh, maybe you can pick up some of the influences.
2: I was, uh, Bam, I, 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 I was I was reading the your I saw your co-writer. He, he's a pretty cool dude on the uh, on your tile cut there. Uh
1: Oh yeah, is Waylon is uh, uh Yeah, Payne. Yeah, no, he's a super cool dude and uh, got a great album. Uh and that that's the only song that we've written together. But um you know, got time to yeah, record that's, that's the record great, And it. it, it uh, he did a he did a demo of it and it was so incredible. I'm like how am I going to ever beat that demo? Yeah. We <laughs> found was... a good groove on it, and then it just kind of seemed like a, an apt title for the, for the album. Yeah.
0: Well, you're a very prolific writer yourself. You wrote the majority of these songs. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about your songwriting process. Is it a matter of saying, I'm going to sit down this morning, I'm going to write a song, or do the ideas just sort of come to you on the fly? How does how does that work?
1: Um both. I, I, any and all of the above. I really don't have
0: okay.
1: a, a standard. What I what I end up doing a lot is um is stockpiling ideas. And I'll kinda to tell you the truth, if I had any any way that seems to be more prevalent than others. It's just, um, I'll go on writing binges and, um, you know, and, and, and I'll just, I'll keep a little treasure chest of ideas going for a few months and then I'll just wade into it and see what stands out to me and, and, uh, and go for it. So that's, and also the nothing like having a, a record to finish that since you know <laughs> inspires you
0: right little impetus, little impetus yeah. to get it done,
2: yeah, right. yeah, I personally liked that. I was listening to that song Better friends i, I thought that was the style of that song as well
1: thank you that I didn't write that one, but I you know, I've always tried to record things that, if I didn't write them, they felt like they were out of my diary, and, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I went to see, uh, my producer play one night, um, at the Five Spot in East Nashville, uh, uh, Joe Pasapia, and he played that song, and I, it just made me cry, because I would had a, uh, a similar, I had an experience with a friend, uh, you know, just where we kind of lost our way as friends for a while, and that song really hit me hard, and I, I, uh,
2: yeah, I had a good yeah. vibe. The way, you, the way you performed, it was great. And, and, the, and, they, and another favorite of mine, I, I was surprised that I, on there the Gillian Welsh and uh, Dark Turtle Mine. I loved your version too. I was playing it for Sarah, my wife, and she. We were both saying, "Man, that sounds
1: great." Thank you. We we really changed it up from uh, from Gillian's version. Uh, yeah. I changed the time signature on it. I hope she likes it. I haven't talked to her about it. But uh, made it into a waltz, and yeah, I love that one. It's, I wanted to do something on the record that kind of was a little nod to my dad and my roots. You know, that shuffle, that old shuffle thing.
0: Oh yeah. I'm
1: sorry, Gillian's was a three uh, three quarter time. I turned it into a sh- uh, kind of a shuffle, and um, yeah, that's a fun one
0: you know there's another song on this album and again i know you didn't write it but dolly 1969 and it kind of reflects what you were speaking about before having sort of seen this evolution of nashville how it's grown and that song kind of takes us back to the um, you know to the old uh, days uh, 1969 dolly parton an iconic figure um Again, I know you didn't write it, but what, what was the story behind that song?
1: Well, you know, that kind of does t- tie into the, even though it's Dolly 1969, I met Dolly, um, gosh, uh, trying to remember what year it would have been. Uh, I was about 10 years old. But, um, I would see her much later on. She'd become an, a bigger star in, uh, in the early 70s. And uh, the year that Dad won Entertainer of the Year, Dolly was very, you know, she'd become the mega star. Because when I first met her, she was just like, you know, on the Porter Wagner show. She kind of had the token chick singer kind of thing going there, you know, even yeah. though it was obvious to most everybody that, she was going to be a, a huge force to be reckoned with. Anyway, so Dolly's always loomed large in my. She's just been a huge influence on me in all kinds of ways. And, um, I found that song and I loved it so much. And it was a little bit of a time travel for me, thinking back to being a young girl and, and being, and looking up to, to Dolly and people that, that I grew up, you know, had the, Kind of a, you know, this is not a common way to grow up with all of these yeah. exotic creatures, you know, that were yeah. my dad's peers and just that, you know, wasn't the run of the mill kind of thing. Although my upbringing was very, uh, every now and then we would get to be in, Daddy, in the glittering part of daddy's world, but most of the time it was a pretty normal suburban upbringing. But anyway, I found that song and it blew me away. And I've always had a soft spot in my heart for recitations. You know, I just love mm-hmm. them. Yep. Yep. So check that box, you know.
2: You and Dolly and, um, started uh, but, so young. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, I um, I found out a really interesting thing about that song. Um, the um, So there's an, an iconic image. Uh, if you go to. You know, if you Google images for Dolly, you will you will if you listen to the lyrics of that song, you can figure out which picture that is. I mean, it it was an incredible image. And and the songwriter, Bob Regan, he told me the story about it. He said uh, that he had a really bad writer's block, you know, and he had it for like a month and he was just freaking out, you know. And he said, uh, so he went in his office one day and sat down and and um, he said, well, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna write something, just even if it's bad, I don't care. And he said there was he had that picture on his wall, and he just started writing about that picture, and it's exactly what the song says. I've got a picture on my wall, but here's the crazy. But there's more to the story. If you got time for this, this is really fun. So one day I went to the park and I was biking and I just finished the trail. I was coming off the trail, got off my bike. I'm walking the bike to the car and I hear my name, Pam. I turn around and I don't know this person. He goes, Pam, it's me. Um, Oh God, I'm going to draw a blank. Jim, uh, Jim Harrington. And, oh, okay. um, and he said, I said, you yeah, he goes, it's, well, he says, it's, uh, it's Jim Harrison. Pam, he goes, you, uh, you, you sang a song on your record about my photo, and, and for a wow. moment, because I looked at him, I also never go out on, on, to this particular park, I was trying something new, a new place, and so it was really weird seeing him, but here's the deal, my mind just kind of, for a moment, locked up, because I looked at him, And I went, well, wait a minute. You are too young to have taken that picture. (laughs) And I'll let you in on a little secret. They staged it. So it looks like, it looks exactly like, I mean, they just made it look exactly like Dolly 1969. But it was really Dolly circa (laughs) 1991. (laughs)
0: Uh, well, Dolly has kept her youthful appearance. Well, That's not a stretch.
1: The point of the story Dolly. is that Dolly is a time traveler. <laughs> she's, yes. she's ageless, timeless. But anyway, that that song had—I just thought that was—that just blew me away to find out that it, it really was in a vintage photo. But they sure did not nail it. <laughs>
0: That's funny, you know, you you of course got your start at a very early age. I think you were. Eight years old when you debuted at the Grand Ole Opry, right? Eight years old.
1: Well, I really debuted in kindergarten. <laughs> but, in you kindergarten,
0: know, okay. Well, well, look, eight well, years well, old well, is. Uh, in church, well, so I think. That's all you had
2: one funny story. If you get time to get time, don't mind telling is about the. Uh, what was oh, that one right. in church? Yeah. You had singing a, in church, yeah. Yeah. That was a,
1: Yeah. Tom uh, Dooley. That's, that's a whole. Yeah, right. That's a whole other story but um, you know I I had a kindergarten teacher that showed up at a show that I was doing at Opryland and she came backstage and she said I didn't recognize her because it had been you know how many years 30 you know yeah yeah whatever she goes well I'm your four-year-old kindergarten teacher and I went and I looked at her and I'm like well you know, some kind of dim recollection of her face. And <laughs> and we'd all changed, you know. Anyway, she goes, um, she <laughs> said, you used to show up for, at kindergarten every day and, it, and say, would you like to hear my new song? <laughs> <laughs> because I grew <laughs> That's up <funny>. right <laughs> when daddy was on fire as a songwriter. I was around that, you know, the creative process. and Yeah. He was always playing a new song around the house or coming in, in the, at night after, you know, playing a, di- a new demo or whatever. So I started, you know, making up little songs. But uh, Daddy pulled me up on stage on the, uh, at the Old Ryman when I was eight years old. And sometimes I credit that moment with uh, the moment that I well, got the, the performing bug, you know.
0: But but what strikes me here from, according to Wikipedia, the song that you sang when you made your debut was Tom Dooley, which I think the Kingston Trio did that song.
1: Yeah, Uh, no. I down your
0: head, Tom Dooley.
1: Yeah, right. No, I think I sang that in church. (laughs) And we also sang that on the Porter Wagner show. But the song we sang at the Ryman, you know, Wikipedia doesn't always get it right, but um, oh, oh, up. Okay. The rhyming uh, was a group sing with a bunch of other little kids, and it was Curtis Mayfield's Amen. Daddy used oh, to really? Do that. Yeah, yeah. So
0: okay. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, what's interesting, again, getting back to what you were talking about um, early on here, was the fact that you've really seen Nashville evolve here. And I think it would be interesting to hear your take on how Nashville evolved from, you know, it's uh, the the 60s and the 70s to what it is now. What changes you've seen as far as the evolution of the music? Because you, you are an artist that's able to straddle both worlds. I mean, obviously you have those traditional country roots, but you also fit in very well with this whole trend that has been called Americana. You You really kind of, um fit in both worlds and um be interesting to hear your perspective on on that evolution uh, you know from country to what we call americana now
1: well uh i guess you know everybody's got their own unique take on it that's the, the, those of us that have been here a while and uh this is my observation and and you've been doing what you do for a good long while, too, It's you know, it seems like the guard changes every, what would you say, every six years or so, every six, seven, eight years.
0: Yeah, seems be about be right.
1: A, yeah, and there'll be a new sound, and there'll be new, you know, and over 10 or 15 years, it seems like the executives change, and the record companies consolidate, and, you know, musical chairs with, with, the game board is constantly shifting. And, and, um, it's interesting to think about, like, the music that dad grew up with. Really simple. Hank Williams, uh, Hank Snow, Lefty Frizzell, um, Hank Thompson, stars of the early, early Opry if you think of uh, Cindy Walker, if you think about those songs and the simplicity of those songs, and then if you think about nineties country compared to today's country, that's how yeah. I feel. I feel like I'm my own personal writing lanes. It's, it's gotten, I don't know, music. I mean, if think about rap music too, and uh Hip hop and all that. How songs, in a weird way, have gotten more wordy. Yeah, they've gotten, they've gotten dumbed down in some ways, but uh, I don't know this, the the songwriting style. Let's start there. I just think it changes radically every every deck. You know, every the sound, the 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 the, the, ly- the way people express themselves lyrically. Um, that's kind of the part I care about. The other thing is is how so I think Americana still cherishes and incorporates uh music um there's all different branches of Americana too, but
0: oh sure, the branch, yeah, yeah
1: branch that I kind of seem to be hanging out on is the one that still really respects an older style of country music well, good and that's you. not all there is to my music, but it's very much in there. You know, my roots are very yep. obvious. And uh, so that works out nice for me. The other thing that I've seen change is just how, you know, I feel very fortunate that, you know, I can make a living off of my songs uh, for a good long while. I, I uh, was in the, studio scene here in nashville uh singing commercials and on other people's records and stuff and and uh just man i think with the streaming and everything now i just think it's hard for these kids to uh you know it's hard to monetize your music and make a living i i don't know it's odd to me it just uh I don't think the yeah. song, unless you've got a top five record or right. a billion streams, you're just not making a lot of money off of your songs, and that that's that's been another just seismic change in the business.
2: That's one thing I was going well, I, I I, to I, ask Pam. Is that you, you kind of touched on? I mean, you know, a lot of artists, that, friends of ours, that listen to this. What you words of wisdom, and it's really hard to find any. Well, to be honest, any wisdom on, like you said, how these young folks can make it now with the streaming uh, platforms? I mean, you, you
1: know. know, they kind of find a way, but even people that were not just the young kids, but even people that had, you know, halfway decent careers as writers in Nashville, a, a lot of people got forced out. Yeah. You know, it's been really odd.
0: Well, you've had your share of success. I mean, your albums have gone uh, platinum. Um, you've won Grammy awards. You've uh, you know gotten awards from the CMA. Um, so that's got <laughs> that's got to be very gratifying, I would think. Um, you've sort of set a standard here for yourself that uh, that really seems to endure as well.
1: Well. I, I think the the thing that I can credit that to um, is just cutting recording songs that have held up over time right. I didn't I didn't write all my songs but I had the good sense to record some of the ones I didn't write that that have been big records for me and you know you can work a long time off of off of the if, you know, if your uh, hits are big enough, you can, you can work, <laughs> you can work decades. <laughs> and uh, I've just been really fortunate and I've always tried to go out there and do a good job. And uh, you try to build a re carve out a reputation on the road and with, you know, and uh, try not to let your fans down. And, and uh, so I've had some longevity and I'm, I'm really thankful for that, I've, you know. Goes without saying, really, but I'll say it anyway.
2: Yeah, I did see you have some tour. You have a tour coming up. Or you have several shows coming up this year. So that's, that's good. I was looking to see, uh, here what you might have. Close, oh, you got one at the Caverns. That's going to be a cool one. I hope, uh, hope that all that all these, do you think that COVID is going to, uh, keep affect those or will it be? My daughter went to Caverns recently and they had a show where they put circles for everybody, you know, and they were setting out space pretty good, but, um, what do you think about this year?
1: I, I mean, I'm just staying in the moment because we, you know, we'll think something's going to happen, and um, and then it doesn't. So, you know, I just I, I'm I'm not counting any chickens before they hatch. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> to put it in a country kind of way, yeah. Um, yeah. and. Uh, I just really don't know. Last year we kept saying, "Oh, in a couple months, in a couple months, in a couple months," and, and I I haven't I've done the Grand Ole Opry one one time and no shows since March. Um, oh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. But, uh, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah,
2: and then of course the bombing was. I mean, Nashville's just had an awful year.
1: You know, man. I just when I think things are going to quiet down for a little while. Uh, you know, something else crazy happens, so.
2: Yeah. Well, I know you,
0: I know you love it. It's always something. It's always something. (laughs) Right, Billy? (laughs) It's (laughs) always something. Yeah.
2: Well, I know Pam loves gardening and such, so you, you probably had the best garden ever this past year.
1: (laughs) I had the first, I had a garden for the first time in a long time because kind of went crazy with it a few years back. I mean, kind of really crazy. And, um, and then I just got so busy on the road, I'm like, I can't. Nobody's paying me to farm or or garden, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I'm rich in flowers, but that doesn't pay the bills. So, um, anyway. So I well, just, you could I, become
0: a florist. You could become a florist.
1: Well, you know, if you're really that,
0: that good, Miss Tillis, if you are <laughs> really that good a gardener,
1: let's put it to the test. I know. I talked to my husband about being a flower farmer and he said yeah right let me
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure that tone yeah
2: my wife let me take over her garden this year so I had this bell of hay that I had since last year and I thought well I don't (laughs) want to waste it I put it on there to cover everything up and then anyway I ended up growing weed weeds not weed (laughs) I became a weed farmer
0: (laughs) you were growing wheat wheat Wheat, Billy? Uh-huh. I didn't know you were growing wheat. Where's my uh, batch for my cereal? My- <laughs>
2: okay, yeah, that's what I said. Wheatina. Wheat, yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy, oh, there's we- a difference. Oh, that's very different. <laughs> there's a
1: difference between straw and hay, Billy. <laughs> yeah,
2: Yeah. she told me. <laughs> so what, I hear. She said yeah. that was my last yeah. time.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
2: Well, but, uh,
1: I... <laughs> yeah, so I had a pretty good garden this year, and I was just even eating out of it until, until we get this this pretty harsh freeze, and now everything's frozen. I've got frozen vegetables. So.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You... Yeah. Well, yeah so. You had, like, <laughs> like, six foot of snow over there in Nashville, didn't you? you just, it was just crazy. Wasn't it six foot of snow or something?
1: No. But oh, wait, six inches, got...
0: four inches? Yeah, of snow,
1: yeah something. we got about six inches, but you know what? It hasn't been... It used to snow when we were kids. Um, uh, but the weather patterns have all changed, so we really don't get this kind of snow anymore. In fact, when I'm done talking with you guys, I'm gonna go out and try to breathe some good good clear air. But um it's beautiful. It's beautiful and
0: I love it. I love it's it. It's
1: heartbreaking it for the folks in Texas here. We're we're fine, yeah. our power is on and everything. I'm watching the news in yeah. horror. I was thinking about people in parts of the country that are just, it's been hard as hell for them, but, uh, so, uh, but we're doing all right here.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully... So, we'll, so, Pam, I'm sorry, Bill, but yeah. I have to ask this question. Okay. Um, you know, is, is your life summed up, Miss Tillis, by that great hit single you had, that number one single, My Vida Loca, my crazy life does that just sum up your life in general is that your theme song
1: you know it probably yes <laughs> probably yes.
0: <laughs> i was asking sort of tongue-in-cheek but uh, yeah no but you know title. what
1: um i i guess it's kind of crazy because i have a i always I, I say i spend a lot of plates i have a lot of interests. And a little bit of ADD. Uh, let's go rub bikes. And, um, yeah, so I guess it is a little bit uh, crazy. Um, but uh, that's just, I've got a high energy level and I can't help it.
0: Well, that's what makes life interesting. I mean, and you've yeah. had a very interesting and rich career and, uh, you know, just, we, we just uh, want to wish you more of the same. When is your next album coming out? I know this one came out not long ago, but what can we expect from you next?
1: Well, you know, it's probably not um, a normal thing to do, but I really feel like because we put the record out and then the pandemic yep. uh, you know, hit, I'd really like to once we get on the road again, I'd really love to uh share this record a lot more and uh perform it live because there's so many songs on here that are so fun to play live yeah so I'm gonna put off doing anything new till I wear this one out a little bit more, so you know that's
0: a good strategy. Right,
1: but' I'm, but I'm thinking about it in the back of my mind, there's always a little Back burner that I than I'm simmering something, you know. So we'll see what happens.
2: Also, I noticed yeah. you have you do the, the uh, grits and glamour shows with uh, Lori Morgan, right?
1: Yeah, from time to time, um, mm-hmm. Lori, Lori and I toured. We did a, a, not exclusively together, but we did a lot of shows every year for about nine years. And we yeah we called that grits and glamour. And she she grew up in nashville like me and we we share so much of the same musical heritage um and she's a great singer and uh we we've had a blast uh and then when when that tour started getting a little bit long and long in the tooth um i started i've done quite a few shows the last couple of years with um Susie Bogus and Terry Clark, oh, yeah, yeah, the chicks. and that's been a, yeah, chicks with hits and and um, great fun. So I've enjoyed, you know, for many many years. You find yourself being the only woman on a bill. You know what I mean. You'd be the, the token chick. You know, yeah. and that's changed so much in the last few years. Um, it's been really gratifying to get to work with some of my female peers and people that. You know, we were all too busy to get to know each other very well, and so I've made friends with artists that I was sharing the radio with in the 90s, but didn't really get to know them as people, you know, for another 20 years. It's kind of funny how it worked out, but um I've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious, and maybe we should have talked about this at the beginning, but Did your father encourage you? Did he discourage you? Or did he just sort of stand on the sidelines when you decided to make this a career?
1: At first, he was kind of alarmed because it was, um, you know, the, the music business was Kind of a tough place for women in his era, and women weren't as respected or not always taken seriously or or i mean there's just it's it was just a whole different time, and he just couldn't picture his all he knew was he didn't want his daughter to be in anywhere near any of the musicians that were half as crazy as his band. <laughs>
0: He's a good a good, Probably a good <laughs> move yeah oh
1: my god he couldn't he shudder the thought right and uh but anyway <laughs> when he realized that i was not to be uh discouraged he he tried to help me for a little bit but we kept butting heads because he kind of saw me you know he he would play me all these songs that i just there, it was like his taste, you know, and very early on, we started butting heads creatively. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons that I went, you know, if I'm going to do this thing, I've got to be my own person and I've got to find my own sound. And I, I mean, I just was hard headed, and and uh, I did. but and then and then when he saw that I was going to be like that, he really, I think he he would act like it would make him mad you know or he, he would he would act mildly pissed off but really he was proud of me for doing my thing and sticking to my guns and he's like all right you know and he stood back and just let me he says she'll either make it she'll either make it or she won't and i'm i'm staying out of the way so um he was pretty cool about it
0: well we're we're really glad that he was. We're glad that he gave you his blessing and just you know again, Pam, congratulations on on all your success and for continuing to make good music here um yes. throughout the years. It's really um, really a gift. it's really a blessing, and uh, we all appreciate it. so thank you so yeah. much
2: timeless time timeless Pam. artist, really.
1: Well, that's very yeah. kind. Thank you, and and uh, look forward to meeting you. And, and Billy, we'll see you in East Tennessee one of these days. And uh, yeah, you know, good. Y'all, y'all take care. Come on over.
2: Yeah, and uh, right. come on over. We appreciate I you uh, talking to us. And, and of course, of course, folks can find you on your at PamTillis.com and uh, check Spotify out that. Yeah, is, and all the other.
1: A good place, and and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, official music page Pam us official music page those are the best places to, to look
2: yeah well, cool I'm looking forward to you sure. start touring I hope I can uh, catch up with you soon get all this uh, this bad COVID behind us And yeah. uh, well Lee you want to give us a, a professional all right.
0: well again <laughs> thank you Pam for being our guest today yeah. and thank you folks out there for listening you've been listening to my backstage pass. I'm Lee Zimmerman and my co host Billy Hubbard. We thank you for listening and, uh, we'll be back at you.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Pam. Bye bye. Thanks, Billy.
1: Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Lee. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.